This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FN's podcast dedicated to the original and new adventures of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and Ken Tripp is off filming his part in Green Berets 2, but uh, I have a friendly, familiar face and voice to you guys with me today, Mr. Brandon Shamatella. What's up, Brandon? I sense a presence. No, I'm just cheering for that belly dancer there. You don't have to tell an old Saskatchewan pub crawler how to applaud. So, uh, Brandon and I, we, uh, we've fallen into doing a, a kind of commentary series here on Standard Urban. And uh, we decided, you know, we did uh, we did Cat's Paw not too long ago for Halloween uh, last year. And we decided, you know what, we want to do the Robert Block trilogy because he wrote three episodes for the original series, Cat's Paw being one. Wolf from the Fold being another, which is what we're doing today. And then also, What Are Little Girls Made Of? And Brandon and I both really like What Are Little Girls Made Of? It's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of Cat's Paw. So we're going to get, that's going to be a very different kind of vibe to that commentary, I think, when we get to that. But Wolf in the Fold, uh, I think we're going to have some fun today, Brandon. I, I totally agree. And you know what? This is kind of the perfect time because it's the end of January. We're going into February, Valentine's Day season. What a perfect episode to cover other than Wolf in the Fold oh, for Valentine's. We should have saved it for a Valentine's Day special, huh? <laughs> yeah, this episode, uh, you know, some interesting history on this episode. It was originally written for Sulu, but they decided that, you know what? Uh, James Doohan's a better actor than George Takei, so he can probably handle this better. So they gave it to Scotty. And, uh, you know, I, I don't guess think I you knew that. I, I didn't. Uh, we didn't see a lot of uh, James Doohan's later career to have a lot of range. Um, he was usually just playing Scotty <laughs> and things. Uh, George Takei, uh, he's had a. I mean, he's had kind of a resurgence in the last few years. Um, you know, he's, he's a kind of a meme guy. Is uh, a, a meme master on the internet commercials. You know, he's kind of a kind of a pop icon at this point. Uh, oh my, right? And then also, I mean, he was in Heroes and he was in other things. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say which one of the these guys was a better actor but uh, it's 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 always great to see more scotty and there are really not that many episodes focused on him and for better or for worse this is one of them so well it's not as good as the lights of zatar because that's my number three favorite episode of uh, tos <laughs> that's true maybe that's another one well, i need to do a commentary on brandon so, so. good <laughs> so you guys know the drill uh we're gonna have some fun talking about wolf in the fold today uh, if you guys want to pull it up on your netflix or your hulu or your cbs all access or your vhs tapes or your dvds or your laser discs or your blu-rays think i got it all covered and maybe have a 16 millimeter <laughs> you got in a convention back in the day get that thing fired up uh but we're gonna count three two one and play we're gonna hit play and then we'll watch the episode together and you know of course if you don't have access to uh something to watch it with right now or you're just driving your car or just chilling out you know we, we try to we try to fill this up with enough conversation where you can listen to it independent of the episode as well i got a question before we start yes you may I, ask i've never seen this episode before is that okay <laughs> Okay, is everyone ready? <laughs> I'm that, kidding. No, that would be a fun uh, uh, thing to do sometime. Just I did that with Amy for a Patron Zone exclusive. We did an animated episode. She'd like never seen it before, and we went through it together. That's a, you get, it's like one of those trailer reaction videos. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should we should try to do that sometime. That's that's a good angle there, Brandon. But, but no, uh, Brandon is kidding, of course. We, we've both seen this episode before. Once or so, twice uh, or a hundred times. Once or twice times. or a dozen times. Right? This so. used to be my favorite episode when I was, like, younger. Your favorite episode? Yeah, yes. Like, favorite, favorite? Yeah, when I was younger. 
Wow. Well, it doesn't surprise me knowing what some of your other favorite episodes are. It's not but, anymore. Uh, there you go. Where no man has gone before, we share that, my friend. Yes. So. All righty, guys. Well, we're going to start the countdown. Three, two, one, and play. Everybody ready? As if I'm waiting for someone to talk back to me. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> I can talk back to you if you want. I'm ready. All righty. Three, two, one, play. Get the uh, stock music from the cage in here, right? Yeah. Some serious uh, facial expression and finger movements here on this dancer. I think this is why this was my favorite episode when I was younger. <laughs> you discover yourself in this episode, Brandon. Did you uh, your, Was your masculinity awakened by watching this scene? Uh, some of it was, I guess. I think the main reason, though, is because, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Disney films, right? You know, so mm. you can go from there. And I think I was just completely captivated with the fact that the bad guy's voice was the Piglet's voice, right? <laughs> right. So, I, honestly, I think it's that. And, you know, it's it's interesting because this episode is one of those tropes. Like, why is Jack the Ripper something that just completely still captivates us in storytelling? Especially genre storytelling, it seems. You know, you get uh, graphic novels like From Hell. They turned that into a movie not too many years ago with Johnny Depp. Uh, Jack Thurber shows up in Babylon 5 as what? well. Uh, have you seen that episode? You Have you seen Babylon 5? I've never seen Babylon 5, Okay, actually. it's a great show. Norm is a great proponent of it, so uh, he'll, he'll tell you all about it, and, and, and I think it's a great show as well. But uh, Jack Thurber shows up over there. Uh, obviously, spoiler, Jack Thurber shows up in this episode in, in a sense. <laughs> Uh, I, I, but yeah, it, it's interesting. People are always obsessed. Like you always see some new documentary on the History Channel. Like we found the new Jack the Ripper. Was Jack the Ripper a woman? Was Jack the Ripper a political figure? Was he a part of the royal family? It's like, do we care at this point? Like, why are we so? I, I agree with you. We're, he said such a small, like in the grand scheme of things, right? He killed a, a, a handful of people. Mm-hmm. Right, there have been so much more evil, heinous people since then. But there's just some fascination with him, right? There was a board game that I played where. You know, there's five people play the game. One of them is Jack the Ripper, and four of us have to try and get clues and find out where he is, right? And so he goes around the board. I don't remember the name of the game, but it's like a map of London is your board. And there's there's like five people listening to this that know what I'm talking about, and uh, it's a neat little game. But yeah, I mean, like there's board games on this this figure and whatnot, and it's just one of those cultural things that just doesn't seem to let go. You know, especially in genre stuff, you know, kind of like Nazis. They're just mm-hmm. all those are two things that always seem to show up. I guess it's shorthand for evil, right? You have Nazis, you have Jack the Ripper. People understand what you're talking about. By the way, the dance scene that started the episode just finished. <laughs> for those of you who aren't watching, that was an extremely long dance scene. I loved it. Every second of it. It's one of those scenes, like if you're sitting there watching it with your parents, you probably feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Because it's these close-ups of belly dancing and Scotty uh, Bones and Kirk just oogling this woman here, and uh, they're in some they're they're on shore leave. Obviously, this is not official ship's business. Just uh, just having a good time. Mm-hmm. But there's also some other characters here, and you're like, what are these guys up to? So we'll see. That guy was in the Twilight Zone. Her dad. Oh yeah. Was Which it, episode? I think he was in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm thinking. I think I might be wrong. Actually, I was thinking of the <laughs> shelter, but that might be somebody else. Now that I think about it. That's a good episode of Twilight Zone 5, but a very underrated episode. Yeah. There was a sequel to this in the comics, like the DC comics that Ooh, really? were in the 80s. Like, I, I don't know if it was when they were on the Excelsior in between Star Trek 2 and 3. It was like <laughs> in that, that reign of them, and the it was like a two- or three-part comic series, and the, the Jack the Ripper energy being came back. Well, okay, we, we need to stop and talk about this here. There was an accident... Apparently that happened, and it was caused by a woman. And Bones is talking about how serious psychological damage could have been caused, and he could have total resentment towards women. And if that's not sixty psychology, <laughs> I don't know what is, Brandon. Yeah, it, this is a hard episode to discuss. Like, you know, when I listened to the Women at Warp episode, and they talked about this, and when they talked about it, I'm just like. I don't know, I just didn't see any of the stuff they were talking about. And it's one of those episodes that it is quite problematic now when you look at it nowadays. But, you know, watching it in my youth, I don't know, I just, I take things for granted most of the time. And so Mm -hmm. when they write this stuff in an episode, I'm like, okay, well, that's how they wrote it. I guess, yeah, I mean, you watch this as a kid, yeah, for sure. You're just going along for the ride. Yeah. Interesting, that's a cool uh, old prop right there. The guy walked, uh, he's in like the Finnegan costume, the cadet costume, Mm -hmm. that shiny shirt right there. You know, it wasn't until recently that I found out that that was a cadet. 
outfit. I'm like, what is that weird silver outfit? I just thought, what did you think it was? I just assumed maybe it was like a Starbase or something like that. I don't know. I just always assumed it was a cadet because of Finnegan. Yeah. We've uh, we've heard a stream. We got, the, by the way, the fog machine from Cat's Paw's back. <laughs> She's dead, Jim. Not he's dead, Jim. She's dead, Jim. She was stabbed a dozen times. See, and then we this have... shot here with Scotty, man, like that spooked me out when I was a kid. Right. You know, that zoom right up to him and stuff? Like, so, I don't know. I, th I When I was a kid, like, it's this episode does still work for me, and I still really do enjoy this episode quite a bit. Even it pull, though it, it pulls is you in off the top, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's a good hook. Uh, so we have the opening credits here. Are you watching the remastered version? I guess we both are, huh? Uh, yeah, it looks like it actually. So, but I, I've just downloaded it on Netflix. So in Netflix in Canada, we have all the Star Treks, but we don't have Discovery on Netflix in Canada, right? You don't? No. I thought, uh, so we have it on what? Crave, right? <laughs> so I have, I have to subscribe to another service called Crave, Crave TV. Um, but on Netflix, are you telling can, me you have to subscribe to a whole other service to watch I, Discovery? I do, that is totally as outrageous, do. Brandon. But I'm okay with it because I don't actually pay for cable or anything. I just have Netflix <laughs> and Crave. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm a Hulu guy myself, uh, so I'm watching it on, on Hulu right now. I love Hulu because it has uh, next day air for a lot of shows on NBC and Fox, and also has all of Smallville, which I bring up at every opportunity here on this podcast, as you can only take Smallville fans. So. What's Smallville? Anyway, uh, don't, I actually, you know, Smallville filmed in Canada sometime. If I ever go on like a set tour or a location tour, I'm going to come visit you up there. So. Yeah, because that's just down the street for me. Yeah, you guys are all, it's all like a very, <laughs> it's all the same, right? Do you know that Canada, like, to go from Vancouver to Halifax, Nova Scotia, is wider? No, sorry, St. John's, Newfoundland is the wide, is the most easy point. So, to go from Vancouver to St. John's, Newfoundland is a wider distance than to go from St. John's, Newfoundland to London, England? That's how wide Canada is. Is Texas still wider? No, it's not. No, it's not, no. So, here's, uh, here's Piglet. Oh, man. Now, Piglet was in a Twilight Zone episode. He was in uh, Night of the Meek. Yes, he, he was. was the, the, the manager of the, of, the, of the store that Santa worked at. Yeah. He was a douche then, and he's a douche now. <laughs> so you mentioned there was a sequel to this. Do you, do you, did, I mean, they beam, spoilers, they beam Red Jack into space at, this, at the end of this episode, so does he come back or something? Yeah, not this guy, but the... Uh, the, you know, the spirit? The, the spirit. I don't yeah. remember exactly. It was a, because I read evil it like never truly years. dies, Brandon. Evil never truly dies. So I don't know. But um, I was saying something, but now I forget what I was saying. You're talking about how wide Canada was. Canada's <laughs> that wide. Canada's, to this episode. Canada's a wide country. Yeah, that's completely. I was trying relevant. to get us back on topic, but okay, sure, we'll get back off. Sure. <laughs> Anywho, I don't Scotty's, know. Yeah, uh, Robert Block, though. Right? I mean, like he he wrote this. He wrote Psycho. We bring him up all the time. And that's all we have to say about him, I guess. That's, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I really love what are little girls made of, and we'll, we'll get to our commentary when we do that one. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes, underrated and not talked about. Cat's Ball is just awful. It's just a terrible episode. It's so bad it's good, though. We had a lot of fun talking about it. This one, uh, it's it's kind of fidgety, you know, for all the reasons you were talking about, the, the 60 sensibilities when it comes to the sexes and whatnot. Uh, the setup, I just think that was unnecessary. Like, why the hatred towards women thing is even in here. They could have left that out entirely and it could have still been the same mystery, right? I think that was a weird plot point to even bring up, to mm -hmm. conceive, and then to just use as, like, against Scotty. I mean, he killed someone. That's enough. Or he allegedly killed someone. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. You know, I read an article <laughs> where, like, a bear attacked somebody and they said this bear allegedly attacked somebody. It's like, what is the bear going to do? <laughs> Sue the newspaper? Like, <laughs> It neither confirms or denies. Like... Honestly, I don't know, but that's Canada for you, I guess. So. So it's, a, it's a cafe. They're referred to as a cafe, just for the record. Yeah. This is an odd idea, too, of this planet where it's like their only function in life is to like give service and pleasure to people. Like This is like some pleasure planet. The law of Argelius is love. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> that's a good law to have, though, I guess, eh? Well, isn't Ryza like that? That's not the law there, though. Sebo. Hmm. <laughs> so, so this is season two. We see Kirk uses green wraparound for most of this. Do you like? Do you like the green wraparound? What are your thoughts on it? I do. I prefer Picard's thing that he got in season five with Darmok there, but uh, it, it's, I like seeing it. It's something different. I I always wondered why they would do it. Like, why does this captain have this special outfit? You know, because it's 
I don't know, it's not necessary. It's it's not the same uniform. It signals him out. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's were to true. Walk you, up why, to him why, why put a big target on him? Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, oh, that's probably the captain. We should probably kill him. But I, I like the idea of this because, like, Jack the Ripper was never caught, right? They think they know who it was, and, you know, they're always still investigating. There's, there's the a new special, like I was saying, every year about they think they knew who it was. But, yes, it, it's an unsolved mystery. Mm-hmm. See, what do you think is the scariest movie of all time? Like, is there any movie that's really scared you? Um, you know, the, the over-the-top gore stuff doesn't scare me. It's more the, the, the unsettling stuff. Like, you guys might laugh at me, but I, I, Paranormal Activity really stuck with me <laughs> because it's, like, it's so mundane mm-hmm. that it could happen. Like, it didn't scare me, like, in the theater, but it's, like, when I went home by myself and the lights are off and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm here alone. I'm not going to go out in the hallway, you know, stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that's the scariest movie of all time or anything. I'm saying that one just struck a chord with me on, like, a lot of, because at least, like, Freddy Cougar, Jason, all that stuff doesn't scare me because it's just so over the top, you know? Mm-hmm. Um what about you? What, what really scares you, Brandon? Well, I've got two movies that have scared me in my life. And, you know, I totally believe that Paranormal Activity would scare somebody a lot. But um, for me, because for me, Blair Witch Project was the movie that totally okay, there you scared go. S- me. Very right? similar, very similar. Yeah, those found footage movies, I think, are really effective. I think they've gotten a little bit out of control and it's kind of lost, <laughs> its, lost its little niche and lost its, you know uniqueness but uh Blair Witch Project totally freaked me out I could I went to see that movie opening weekend didn't know anything about it I just went to the theater and picked that movie and I it I couldn't get home fast enough when the movie was done like I was literally like freaked out but the other movie that really freaked me out for a completely different reason and and haunted me for a long time after I watched it is Zodiac by David Fincher and the reason I actually saw that for the first time not too long ago what'd you think I didn't find it frightening or anything it was creepy yeah oh man see like the reason why it bothers me so much and why like i i'm I'm actually getting chills thinking about the movie right now talking to you is because like the killer was never caught they think they know who it was however it's still all circumstantial evidence against that guy so the guy that they think it was died and the murder stopped but I mean, they still don't know that it was him. They just think it was him. And right. I mean, like, there's all these. There was still a couple of those notes that he sent to the newspapers that they've still never decoded. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that kind of stuff just it freaks me out. But it, he's similar in the fact he's similar to Jack the Ripper in that exactly he's such a small number of people though. But because it was never caught, it stuck with the because it was a phenomenon. It went viral, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I do want to mention that they uh, they just beamed down the the psycho tricorder. Psycho tricorder. You think that? And why do you think they called it psycho tricorder? Well, because of Robert Block, of course. No, uh, no it's a psychological thing. But it, it, Bone said earlier it requires privacy to be most effective. So of course they, they beam down this woman officer with the psycho tricorder. So she's going to go in a, in a secluded chamber with Scotty. This is not going to end well. Poor Lieutenant Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. This is a <laughs> kind of a plot point that doesn't hold up anymore. I don't think. But I love the uh, doors, the door frames. Those are quite, you know. Very Arabic? Arabic looking. Middle like Eastern? Towers. But. So they keep they keep talking about Scotty's concussion, his blow to the head, like they could change his personality like that. Now, there are, there are uh, historical accounts of people... Um, getting head trauma and completely changing their personality so there is a there is a precedent for that mm-hmm. but he seemed fine earlier <laughs> so <laughs> he was fine this morning and you should have seen him in the pub when he was banging on that table <laughs> I am ready may I have the knife please so Sibo here is some kind of uh, inherited some kind of psychic ability here we go impressions from inanimate objects mm-hmm. it's like that power Siler gets in uh Season three heroes. But I put it here when we arrived. It's that's gone. not a knife. Now that's a knife. Did you know that? Uh, did you see that uh, Crocodile Dundee sequel? I saw something about it on Bride. Facebook today. Yeah, it's fake. It's a commercial. Okay. <laughs> it turned out to be fake. But anyway. And then Scotty's passed out. Like, look at all those stab marks on her. Hey. She's like thanks, Bones. Thanks for that. Stab. Just like Over the other right. one. That was a line that I know the women at Warp were a little bothered by in their episode. I can see why. Mm-hmm. It's not what it looks like, guys. <laughs> An Argelian stimulant, Doctor. Quite effective. And quite hard. 
this guy. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 one of those episodes that's hard to talk about right now, like especially with everything that's going on in social media. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like it's it's one of those things. It's like I I still enjoy watching the episode, you know, even though it's problematic. It's still it's still an enjoyable experience for me to watch this episode and it's one that's not really talked about a lot like I don't know really what people think about it anymore is it an episode that people just don't talk about because of the culture that's out yeah, there yeah right it's kind of fidgety I think I they want to steer clear of that I, I could see that mm-hmm. but you know it's it's of its time and you gotta see it that way yeah I don't remember I must have passed out I wonder how this would have played if it was Sulu I mean I wonder if that would have made any difference with him being Japanese, right? Hmm. Do you think that might have made any difference on the story? Not the story. Maybe the people's interpretation of the story, the way they took it. Uh, but I don't think the story itself would have... You could literally... It's one of those situations where you could have just switched out, crossed out Scotty, <laughs> wrote in Sulu, and it would have been the same beat for beat, at least as far as in the universe. But as far as the audience received it, it might have been different. Yeah. That's a good point. Because that was back in you know, that was back in the sixties, right? It was a different time. There was a lot more, you know. I, well, actually, I don't know. Nowadays, I don't know if I'd say there's more racism back then. There's probably less. I don't know. It's tough to say nowadays, right? Like it still seems like there's a lot of racism out there. Now, this boyfriend of hers, like he's got like a weird, small little turned up nose, eh? Same. I always notice it when I watch it because it's, it's like this tiny pointy nose. Are you? My men picked you up near here. It's like somebody hit him in the face with a two by four, crushed his, <laughs> flattened his nose on his face. Very square jaw. If only I had facilities. You. You were a you. musician at the cafe. You played for the murdered girl. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where this guy's from. Like, I know I've seen him in something recently, but I just, I can't place it right now. The father, who lets his daughter dance for him. That's not problematic either. Yeah. <laughs> look, if you look at anything with a, with a, a certain lens, you can find all kinds of stuff to get riled up over and think it's queasy, you know? Mm-hmm. Is this true? This is one of the first original series episodes that I ever saw mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's probably part of the reason why it's always held a special place in my heart. I know that the one that really grabbed me and, and hooked me on Star Trek was Shore Leave. Okay. But uh, this was definitely one of the early ones that really kind of became my favorite. And I don't know, I think it's part of the mystique, mystique of this Jack the Ripper case that was never solved and I really think that's the reason why it's always remained in the cultural forefront is because it was a case that was never solved and, well it's, you know, it's like a, it's like Amelia Earhart right it's a case that was never really solved and then you see Star Trek uh, Voyager went there with the 37s in season 2 so they take this 20th century mythology and they extrapolate it out in the future it's a, it's a understandable story point to, to bring up when you're looking for a cool hook for a mystery story right and I mean, as humans, we want answers to things. So to leave something unanswered is really, you know, it's bothersome. Get on with it, man. <laughs> I love that very much like a man who is desperately trying anything to save his friend. Would you be as desperate to save Argelius as a spaceport for yours? Now, the the real idea would be: what if this was the story that Quentin Tarantino turned into Star Trek Four? This is the this is the episode. He's 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 flag Simon Pegg. <laughs> Could have a starring role. Yeah, it's perfect. Maybe give it to John Cho instead. You know, John Cho. Sh- uh, shake it back up. They're getting their money's worth out of this set, by the way, because I think they've been in th- in this room, or at least a repurposed version of it. Because uh, I believe this same set would have been the, the the set they used for the cafe earlier. It looks very similar. Oh, you think so? I mean, this is TOS, man. <laughs> That is amazing that they have these auto-locking mechanisms right by the fireplace. That's pretty convenient. Yeah, we just happen to lock this here. Just, you know, on, on your way out, just throw your car keys over in this bowl over here. I love how Kirk, like, he, he walks over, like, five feet to talk to Spock, quote-unquote, in private. They can't hear him. It's like, put a headset on that, uh, put a Bluetooth headset on that uh, communicator. 
That's, that's the thing about communicators, right? Like, it's so cool. It's, it's the precursor to cell phones, right? But if you think about it, everybody's walking around talking on their speakerphone. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Like, privacy, respecting others. No one's something it's more annoying somebody, like, if you're in, like, a bus or something and someone's talking on their cell phone on the speakerphone. It's like, I don't need to hear both sides of this conversation. Public courtesy, people. The worst, like, I work in an office and you get these people that just refuse to pick up their phones, so they're always talking on their speakerphone on their phone. <laughs> and so they're always yelling. So you're like halfway down the hall and you can hear like their conversation. Just pick up the phone. It's <laughs> a cool shot. You don't see a lot of shots like that. The overhead shot? Yeah. Took a long time to set that one up. Kudos to them. The altar of truth. Now we have the uh, a lot of stock music in this episode, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Shirley. This, this one I don't think had an original score to it. It would have been all stock music. Now, well, no, this... I guess this here, the sorry, actually, I just want to talk about the yeah. flame oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. like, Let's talk about it. The flame is really neat and how it's always like so large and prominent in here. And like this scene too, like this is a relatively spooky scene, you know, like these weird words that she's saying and the screaming and the moaning and, you know, I don't know, like when I was a kid, like this scene totally got to me all the time. Mm -hmm. This shot here though, when they're turning and they're keeping that flame in, in camera, like that's awesome. That's a lot of production value, you know, like it's, it's, it's well shot. Yeah. The, and the lighting too. It's very, very dynamic. I don't. I can't look right now while we're watching here. Actually, I could probably grab my. I've got my book here. My These are the voyages. Let's see who directed this. There we go. Well, I believe it was uh, Joseph Pevney, who's directed. I think him and Mark Daniels tied for the most uh, episodes directed by TOS. You'll have to edit that sound out. I just had some weird. Uh, one of my Star Trek starships just fell over and hit the microphone. So she's Red Jack, Red Jack, Red Jack, and she's dead, Jim. Okay, Scotty, how are you going to explain this? <laughs> That's a tough one to explain. You I know, don't know what happened. We believed you up until now, but buddy, buddy, <laughs> buddy, this is just, yeah, we just, we just can't go any farther. We just can't. No more trusting you. Bones, open your eyes, man. So you looked it up, your shirt's Joseph Pevney? Yeah, I was paying attention during the opening credits, but see if I'm right. Much better than I am. Joseph Pevney, you're right. Oh, my good old unreliable These Are the Voyages books. <laughs> I love that. Any man do such monstrous things. That's what we hope to find out, sir. This guy's pretty calm for his wife having just died, too. Well, you know, it's it's the it's the Argalian culture there. They're, they're chill. They, they have chill in abundance. They have an abundance of chill. It's a fascinating piece of technology. Your conscious and subconscious mind can record. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be cool. I always, I always wish there was something you could plug in. I'm, I'm sure that is there a Black Mirror episode about this brand? You can tell me. But if you could plug into your head and record your dreams, right, and you can like watch your dreams back, there, well, cool. not nec not necessarily dreams, but there's one Black Mirror episode where you, you they have a thing and it records everything that you see, and then you can like play it back and and people play back things that they've seen on they stream it to a TV and they could show people their friends and stuff like that. So like one of the episodes, this guy like records a job interview because it's always recording yeah he plays it back so he can judge their reactions he's like i didn't get that job and <laughs> there's more to it than that in the episode but it's a really good episode the ancient penalty for murder was death by slow torture and the law has never been changed one of those pesky laws that have never been changed i know like you can't you know walk and chew bubble gum and ride your horse at the same time some, yeah, there, there, there are certain. If you go any any city, any state has some weird laws. Like you can't, uh, you know, park your horse on Main Street or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we forgot about the law. It's been so long, but you know what? It's the but law. But the punishment is death by torture. I'm sorry. Yeah, I still like the original effects better. Yeah, well, there's not really much uh, remastering this episode. It's just the planet and the and the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I've said this before I, I wish they would have done uh, just used models like they did in uh, Trials and Tribulations and then also this I believe it was a BBC documentary about Star Trek after they were famous uh, I don't think they used models model. in Trials and Tribulations that looked CG oh yeah no no that was a model I look it up 
We'll just have to wait for Mark Cushion's book on D Space Nine, Brandon, for the answer. But I'm pretty sure it's a, uh, <laughs> pretty sure it's a model. Uh, mm, mm. I don't know about that. I think it is. Anyway, <laughs> use the model. Tell us. Do the same twelve shots because there's only what they said there's only like twelve shots in the Enterprise. Do those same twelve and just use those shots over and over, and I'd be great with that. But anyway, I, I know that's a lot more expensive. A lot more to it. So. So I have a friend who might want to sell me the laser discs. I'm thinking of buying them. For how much? I don't know. I haven't worked at a price yet. I'm in Canada. It's going to cost me like $40,000 to ship them here. I paid $300 for the complete set back in 2010 on Laserdisc. $300? Is that good? And I have no regrets. No regrets? I, I don't want to spend $300. That's way too well, much. Well, it's, it's, it's 80, it's, uh, 80 episodes, right? So just discs. do the math. 40 discs? You know. Yeah, I don't want to pay that much. Oh. I, I'd, I'd give them like 50 bucks for them. I had more disposable cash back then. <laughs> How often do you crack your laser discs? I know I'm, I'm very careful with my laser discs. They're part of my prize collection. I don't mean like crack as it break them. I mean like crack them open to watch them. Well, usually when I watch TOS, I'm not doing these live really podcasts. Yeah. Do you, what it's do you fun. have like for an it output on it? I, I have a, I have a SDTV. Mm-hmm. So I have VH, I have VCR, I have an N64, an original Xbox, and a laser player all connected to it. I call it my standard definition corner. Your so. standard definition. So. Is it just like coaxial output on the laser player or what? There's a, there's an S, there's an RCA, but RCA. there's also a, uh, an S video cable as well. Does so. your TV have S video? Yeah. Yeah. I have a laser player, but it's only got uh, yellow, like R, uh, R, RCA mm-hmm. output only. Right. It looks good, like just garbage. Like I, I put a movie on, <laughs> I wanted to rip my eyeballs out. I'm like, I was, I felt like I was hurting my body watching a laser disc. Well, that's why I keep it separate, you know, that's its own thing. <laughs> No, notice that throughout this whole uh, interview here, interview, Scotty is, uh, well, James Ewan is hiding the fact that he's lost a finger. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't know why they were so, like, shy of that. Like, oh, no, can't show that he has four fingers. The one that you can see at the best is in Cat's Paw when he's holding the phaser. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that last time. That's totally the best one. That, that Hand double. <laughs> If only they had those things nowadays that were so accurate, eh? You know, they, they, I don't think they'll ever allow lie detectors to be submissible in a court of law. What about you, Brandon? I am not a lawyer, but uh, I've been watching Mindhunter. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Oh, I've heard man, good things, though. It's so good. It's like the greatest television show ever made. It's so good. And, uh, yeah, they, there's, they talk about a person who, like, might be able to... Because they pass the lie detector test, it might be able to, like, give them confidence to do, like, murders and stuff. Yeah, man, it's so good. you got to watch that show. It's so darn good. See, for all the other questions he was answering, he was immediately answering if he was lying or not. Love the computer with the dramatic, uh, dramatic detector. Psycho tricoder analysis. What we wanted to do on the surface that will give us a complete record will not satisfy you, Mr. Hengist. So this spirit of Jack the Ripper has gone from planet to planet as like they've explored space. It's just gone from planet to planet in a straight line. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting like a new body every time. It's going from body to body. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's just suppressing the the personality that's there, right? I'm guessing it's just suppressing the personality of the body host that it's overtaking. Yeah, like, like right now, do you think he's he's there? He's just not active right now? Like he's letting, what's his name? Like like is Hingus here, right? Is he aware that he's killing all these people? Or is, is there like a mental block there for him too, you know? Mm-hmm. Things to ponder. Things to ponder. Mr. Morla looks straight off of like Little House from the Prairie or something. Mm-hmm. But he's Chop got like an Aladdin vest on too. Chop some wood, buddy. You look like you could definitely you at the time that split some there? wood in half. That's true. Walking home, I, I assume I was angry. Anger is a relative state. They had to cover her belly button Were at the beginning because it was months? like too and naughty. It's too much. Life, too much. <laughs> You've got to believe me. I wouldn't kill her. Man, if only the sense like just pe- pick up the sensors from this day and age and like bring them to now, hey, like it would just be like scanners. <laughs> you, 
You thought last week's episode of Discovery was short. Wait till wait till the 60s censors get a hold of all the other episodes. <laughs> just be like, you just see a, like a one frame of Michael Burnham, and it's like psh, that's all that got through the censors. I made a joke on when we were predicting what was going to happen for this back half of the season. One of the episodes is called The Wolf Inside. I'm like, ah, it's a sequel to the Wolf yeah, in Red, the Cold. <laughs> Red Jack. You know, I bet, has Manny Cotto ever talked about if they would have uh, done Red Jack in season five of Enterprise? It sounds like something he would say, oh, yeah, man, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The Red Jack origin story? Yes, exactly. No, I'm serious, because, you know, he's always talking about they were going to have a prequel to the Cloud Minders, they were going to have... Uh, all kinds, you know, the, the magic bag of hindsight, as as it's known around fandom. I bet that would have been in there somewhere. Check the origin story. I don't know if I'd have uh, gone for that one. This is quite the interesting leaps of logic that they make. No, it, you know, it's kind of absurd, but it's it's really not that far off when they do every week, really. <laughs> You know, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. You really think about it. But what if? What if this? Whoa. He's right. Spock, Mulder, you know, these characters make these leaps of logic every week. I remember when I found out, like, when I finally realized that Robert Block was the guy that wrote these and he was the guy that wrote Psycho you know like I do the Alfred Hitchcock podcast you know and Psycho is such a seminal work in in Hitchcock's oeuvre is that how you say that oeuvre oeuvre I think it's just oeuvre oeuvre I don't know I get most of my translations from reading and then which means I'm usually wrong on words I always thought it was the corpse of engineers (laughs) the marine corpse the marine corpse here we go. Now we're, now we're explaining where Red Jack comes from. All the different terms. Lots of work for Majel in this episode, eh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. This is probably, I, you know, this might be the episode where the computer talks the most. Now that I think about it. I mean, how, how often do they talk to the computer this often? Yeah. Earned her paycheck this week. Jack the Ripper. Well, that's ridiculous. He lived hundreds of years ago. You got the subtitles on? I don't have the subtitles on. I forgot to turn them on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to turn them on now because then it pauses the Netflix. Doesn't pause Hulu. No. No. Another reason Hulu's better than Netflix. Yeah, but we're in Canada and, you know, we don't get stuff. Because, you know, we're like a foreign, I don't know, nasty country or something, I guess. So, the, so these guys know who Jack the Ripper is, but they're not sure who Khan is. <laughs> That's how powerful a mystery the Jack the Ripper mystery is, Zach. Well, it, 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 see, Khan would be a mystery too. It's like, well, hey, what happened to this guy? It's like, you know, Khan escaping on the Botany Bay is equivalent to Hitler escaping to South America, you know, after World War II. So that's 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 another great one, right? Or it's like if there's not a History Channel special about the new Black Jack the Ripper, there's a History Channel special about where Hitler went after World War II because he didn't die in his bunker. No, he didn't die in his bunker. He died in that movie theater. <laughs> Thank you, Quentin Tarantino, director of Star Trek IV. <laughs> I just that is my that. favorite. That's my favorite Tarantino movie, though. Really? Glor- yeah, Glorious Bastards. Yeah. You know the the English speaking part is the part that I like the least. Mm. I love all the... I can't believe how great that movie is, though. I just watched it again on uh, Monday night. Here goes Spock, you know, uh, postulating that creatures get energy from emotional states, which is something they've, you know, kind of tracks what they've encountered before. Even Vulcans feed on fear. Well, death, anyways. Death of vegetables. Not ghosts. Ghosts are crazy. <laughs> this is a non-corporeal evil energy. It's completely different. Was this ever like a favorite for you, this episode? It was just an episode, really, to me. It was just another one in the list. It didn't really stick out to me uh, as, as excellent or terrible. Just kind of middle of the road. Okay, since we're looking at William Shatner for so long, am, am I just naive... But I've never believed that he has a toupee. I love how we use these episodes to just frameworks to talk about any random straight TOS thought we've had. Um, he, he's denied it. And uh, I think, okay, 
I think they might have, you know, enhanced his hair for the show sometimes, but they do that all the time in, in television and movies. But I don't think, like, in his everyday life, he's walking around with a toupee, you know. And there's nothing to be ashamed of of that either, but, you know, the 60s was a different time, so I can see why he would be defensive about it and be uh, offended when people would bring it up. But uh, toupee or no toupee, his hair looks great to me. Vidal says soon. I don't know. I just, I've never believed that he has a toupee, and everybody always says he has a toupee, and I'm like, I don't see it. I mean, like, even if you look at him now, he's got a full head of hair. Mm-hmm. Now, Spock on the other hand, look at that haircut. <laughs> you like the pointed sideburns? Um, you know, I can't grow sideburns for the life of me, and when my sideburns start growing, like, they look terrible on me, so anybody that can grow a sideburn, I bow to them as the man-god that they are. I used to have pointed sideburns when I was a kid, but kind of phased them out. Was it because of this? No, of course it was because of Star Trek. So, so Spock has speculated that there's a... A, a cloak of blindness that the uh, perpetrator has is that only the victim can see them. That's, that, will, that would explain why nobody remembers anything. So More leaps of logic for mm-hmm. Spock there. This is, again, like the scene down on the planet, right? This is a very long scene. Yeah. <laughs> they, they used three sets in this episode. The planet set, which they repurposed from the cafe to the chambers. I'm pretty sure that was the same set. The briefing room, and then like a couple shots on the bridge. So this was definitely... Even though they went down to a planet, it's almost a bottle show, I'd say. Yeah. Now, I got to ask something, though, like with Star Trek continuity here. Did he forget about his ancestor that said the simplest answer is usually the truth when when doing this episode? He did not quote... Okay, yes. Do you think he was quoting Arthur Conan Doyle or was he quoting Sherlock Holmes? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Martian Colonies 2105. Watch out, guys. That's only... Um, 80 years away. It's coming up fast. Oh, 2156, Heliopolis. Enterprise totally could have covered that in season uh, five. Mm-hmm. 2156. They covered the Ferengi. They can totally cover Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I guess. They, yeah they damn well better cover Jack the Ripper on Heliopolis if they're going to cover the Ferengi. We should totally write a story. Like a book where they... they we know it's the Jack the Ripper murders, but mm-hmm. they don't. And they never say. They turn on. They turn on the the, the audio right after they say we are the Borg. <laughs> Lower your shields and surrender your ships. Like thanks, Hoshi. If you turned, if you tuned in one minute earlier, we would have heard them say they were the Borg. Deneb two, as opposed to Deneb four from Encounter at Farpoint. You think it's the same one? Like same. Well, Deneb, they throw that around a lot. You know, the deleted scene at the end of uh, Nemesis where Picard's like, we're going to the Deneb system. It's a place where no one has gone before. It's like, no, Picard, you went there 15 years ago. <laughs> I know Riker can't remember that Data whistled, Pop goes the weasel. You can't remember you went to the Deneb system. You know, but in, in all these characters' defense, they can't watch their own adventures like we do, so I'm not going to hold it against them. So. <laughs> not? so now, after all these years, like, how would you rank this episode now? Like, was this, like... Top fifty, top fifty percent, bottom fifty percent of the series. Uh, top fifty, I'd say. You think yeah, so? Top still? fifty, top fifty percent, like right, maybe right down the middle. Right down the middle. <laughs> yeah. So like it'd be like episode thirty-nine out of eighty or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. You know, if you if you just again, it's from its time. You know, it's like if you just kind of understand where they're coming from in the sixties and their in their in their way of storytelling, and they talk about you know. Uh, the, the you know women being more frightened than men, so that's why it feeds off them. I know that's a point of discussion, but I mean, it's a sci-fi fantasy entertainment show. See, this is all sitting around a table and talking. This would be perfect for Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I noticed that because I've been following along with Stage Nine. How many of his movies have long scenes? Like, Inglorious Bastards, 80% of that movie is people sitting around a table talking. And it's well, completely captivating. I have the perfect casting for you right here. Piglet here, Inspector Piglet, Christoph Waltz. Who's that? Done. You know who Christoph Waltz is? I don't know actors' names anymore. I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, and, the Jew uh, Hunter? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'd buy that. Cur- Absolutely. Cur- Colonel, what's his face? Yeah, I'd totally I'm buy that. Blanking right now. Who is holding that knife in that thing? It like moves. Like this is like is this like live video feed? 
clearly a stun double. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, Look at nice that total kick. fake bald head. <laughs> Jack the Ripper is no match for Captain Kirk's right hook. Just knock him out. See, now this is where it gets spooky. Like, when he goes out and the lights start going all crazy. and Yeah, like, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> Kirk's like, I'm not that strong. He's dead, Jim. That's impossible. The lights start dim and stuff. Oh, this is great. This is like 50% of the episodes in this room. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, that's what I was saying. This uh, is perfect for Tarantino. You're right. And, and, and then we'll, to we'll totally see the stabbings, right? It'll be very artistically shot. There'll be blood and guts everywhere. Earn that rated R rating. It would be like the animated sections of Kill Bill, but not animated. There would be like that much blood. Legit. We, we need to totally tweet a poll on this and get Tarantino involved. Which episode? Okay, I don't get this. Why are they putting him in the chair? So I need cool. an answer to that, Zach. Why are they putting him in the chair? Because they don't want to trip over him, right? They're, they're going to be in this room for a while, you know? Okay, now what is that? Like, that's freaky, okay? Like, this is, is this the, is this Jack the Ripper here? I, I, I like that, um, it's probably like liquid steam and why it's like Mutara Nebula kind of effects. It's really cool. What if they did that for cost saving for Star Trek 2? We just used the Jack the Ripper <laughs> special effect yeah, they, from the original. They threw this stuff out the day after the episode was over, I'm sure. <laughs> Why did they put him in the chair, Zach? <laughs> because I told you they're going to be in this room for a while. They don't want to trip over him. Apparently they, they cannot leave this room. I don't, I don't like that answer. I'll take it up with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> By the way, that guy's really tall, the prefect. <laughs> Like, he could have played. He, he's probably as tall as Ted Cassidy. Let me cool see Ted Cassidy again on on Star Trek. So we're getting some hallway action now. We finally moved out to the hallway. Apparently, our friends learn very quickly. Too quickly. Bridge. So what what freaked him out there? <laughs> I think that the. the door close really close quickly. too fast yeah it's like Bridge. Urgh, he's trying to rip it off flex his muscles don't have much time captain when you set yourself spock it wants terror not just death but i mean like if they've got some weird spooky ghost inside their ship then uh they can't control anything so that's yeah that's not good i guess it's like um Reminds me of the animated series episode, what, Practical Joker? Oh, that's so right. bad. That episode's terrible. <laughs> Kirk is a jerk. Oh, it's so bad. The, the double Enterprise is like a blow-up <laughs> Enterprise. They send out into space. It's terrible. This episode's way better than Practical Joker. Nope, that's, yes, that much is certain. <laughs> you like that uh, look inside the computer there? <laughs> that is a complex beast. That computer. Look at those yellow wires and blue wires and gray wires. What are those three red buttons? Don't push them. <laughs> it's on a need-to-know basis, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> so no, uh, no checkoff and no hurrah this episode. Gotta save money. You think those chairs were comfortable? I don't know. I mean, they, they might have been comfortable for short periods of time, but I don't think the back support would have been very much, you know. They kind of dip backwards. Uh, much like the Season 1 TNG chairs, probably really comfortable, but if we tried to get up, probably hell on your back. <laughs> I'm, so, a, I'm a big man. Like, those chairs would just collapse underneath <laughs> me. So, I, I can buy it possessing people, right, over the centuries, but it's possessing the ship. That's kind of... It's different. It's crossing the line, you know. I mean, or, or organic or technol or, or um, you know, mechanical. There's a difference there. The brain is just a organic computer, Zach. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, measure the man or whatever. <laughs> wow, you just shot that one down. You did so badly that you didn't even acknowledge it. Really, pretty much. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever, measure of a man. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, hi, Sulu. This is why this right here. This acting George Decay is why they gave this episode to James Doohan instead of you. 
Because when they gave when they did the test and they gave it to James <laughs> Dewan, he was just it just didn't work. They're like, we can't give up on that. That's it. Look at you turning into a positive. Look at you, man. Supernova. Oh, supernova. Oh my. <laughs> So this is the same thing they uh, actually did in Charlie X when Charlie X was trying to you know, take over. They, they just started running the computer so much that he couldn't keep up with all the systems. That's a similar... I love, I love how Spock has to uh, explain to the audience <laughs> more than Kirk why, why like, as you know, Pi cannot be solved to the last digit, Captain. I, I solved it to the last digit once. All eight pieces, right? All eight pieces. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess this is kind of what they were going to do to the Borg and Iborg, right? They are going to give them some geometric shape they couldn't figure out, and it was going to shut them down. Everybody's all drunk. Given the blue screen to death. The Naked Time 2, The Wolf in the Fold. Drive it out of the computers. You'll just have to go somewhere else. How are you doing? Well, I'm almost finished. Just Jarvis and me. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably still keep this in my top 50%, but, you know, it's probably near the middle. It's entertaining. It's still season two, so it's it's got that going for it. Um, Savage Curtain's better. I like the Savage Curtain. Me too. I have nothing, I have nothing against the Savage Curtain. I think Savage Curtain's an underrated episode. I think it's a great it's, episode. It's, you know how much mythology it establishes? Exactly. Surak and Kaelas and... Colonel Green. Colonel Green. You know, there was going to be a Colonel Green episode, as I understand it, on Enterprise. You would know. You, you though. They they talk about him okay. in uh, the two part the finale before. Uh, um, With the before, Robocop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Demons of Terra Prime. They talk about him in that. Now this guy's more intimidating, <laughs> being possessed than the big lid over there. Oh. Now if this was Evil Dead, he would have turned and had like crazy makeup all over <laughs> his face. Hey? When Tarantino does it, it's totally gonna be that way. Yeah, I love it. The stump doubles back here. Um, he looks like the principal from Back to the Future <laughs> when he's the stunt double. <laughs> Man, that is just awful. That stunt double. Th- that is creepy, though. You know, this corpse reanimated itself for that. That's that's disturbing. Now he's laughing. It's just kind of creepy. Well, okay. Now put it with this: What if he was dead the whole time, and the only thing giving him life was the Jack the Ripper thing? Mm, I like that. Right? Because as soon as he punched him, he died, and the Jack the Ripper thing left. You know, like mm-hmm. we. The next time we see something that badass from a punch is when Cisco punches Q, right? <laughs> Doesn't trust Mr. Kyle. Not a bad, uh... Spock <laughs> just punches him out of the way. <laughs> okay, now this is one thing that I've never understood. Yeah, I understand they're killing the guy, right? But I'm sure this... I don't think this is the first time that they've, like, laid something across the transporter and beamed it out that way. Like, would that not, like, beam him in two pieces? Yeah, that's what the that's what the big pad at the center of the TNG transporter is for. That big stuff. Right. But I guess they figured it'd be silly. You know, they used to like prop people up, like when like in Gary Mitchell, they prop him up, and he just kind of stands there even though he's incapacitated. That, you know, that, at least that makes more uh, physics sense to lay someone down like that. Say no more. I know the place. <laughs> Gotta bring that joke back right away here. Oh, I get it. Poor Spock. All these laughing people. <sighs> they beamed him into space where there'd be no triple at all. Oh, yes. Now, that's a dark ending. Yes. <laughs> to trouble is. the triples. Yes. Captain, since you came to Argelia's to rest, I suggest you take advantage of the opportunity. That's a splendid. Do you think there's actually a planet like this, Argelia? I know a cafe where the women are so <laughs> let's go see <laughs> there it is <laughs> no I, I I don't know I'll have to look at a star map brand I'm not familiar no like in real life do you think there's like a planet like this <laughs> I'm just waiting for Kirk to explain uh, these women that he's, he's uh, <laughs> talking about this Spock um, I don't know man who knows what's out there is it really a good idea for them to beam down in this condition <laughs> I feel like they get in a lot of trouble. Murder mystery's over. On to our next mission. 
Well, there we go. Oh, let's do our, our classic uh, guess the... Uh... Oh, yeah. I think I'm a little off sync from you here, so you'll get them before me. So Miri is the apple. Yeah, you're a little ahead of me, but that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll slow down. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Do your thing. That's the, that's the changeling. Yes. Are you that far behind me? <laughs> that's Cat's Paw. Yes. You really what? are that far behind me yeah. this whole time? Wow. Uh, a mock time. That shot was edited out of the uh, remastered version, and people were really upset about it. I didn't mind. Is that because they had the overhead shot? Yeah, the CGI. It? That's yeah. from uh, that flowers from the apple. Mm -hmm. And then it's Baylock from the Corbin Knight Nope. Excellent. All right, well, Brandon, apparently we were a few seconds off that whole time. But <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're not, we're not, uh, nothing too bad. Hopefully you at home can follow along. But yeah, that was, was a fun episode. I mean, I you know, it, like I said, right down the middle for me. Like, like 40 out of 80, sure. <laughs> 40 out of 80. I give this a 40 out of 80. Well, I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> in the rankings of the show. so That's a unique rating there, Zach. Yeah. Excellent. What is this, the ready room? <laughs> we'll give it 40 out of 80 laughing corpses. Yes. <laughs> I'll give it one and a half red jacks. So. One and a half red jacks. <laughs> yeah, well, so I uh, I think we uncovered some uh, some fun some some fun uh, topics there, uh, thinking about Tarantino making this into Star Trek Four. This is very well maybe the episode. Perfect for him. Totally perfect so. for Quentin Tarantino. All right, Brandon. Well, uh, any final thoughts then on The Wolf in the Fold? Um, it doesn't hold up as much as it did when I was 13. Uh, but I still like to watch it. Uh, it's no longer in my top five episodes. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting when I get to that episode with Aubrey. <laughs> so we'll, That's a good point. That's a good point. We'll see how that goes when I get there. We've got a ways to go yet. We've only watched a couple of the original series. We're watching Discovery, and I mean... Yeah, wow. Okay, well, this is this is, this is pretty <laughs> nothing tame. compared to that. We watched the the first half of the season. There was a couple times I made her cover her eyes, but when we did uh -huh. the rewatch, I let her watch everything. But on this back half of the season, there's a couple. Of, I'm like, no way. Are you mm -hmm. you got to cover your eyes like three times in this episode. And, <laughs> and she's eyes like, and Dad, really? So, but yeah, she's. Yeah. Have you been watching Discovery? You're watching. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not entirely up to date, but I'm, yeah. I've been following. So I. Yeah. Uh, I know I know what's up. I've been following the pulse of fandom. So, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as far as this episode goes, Wolf in the Fold. You know, it's uh, the title refers to a wolf uh, being in the fold of sheep, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Therefore, the commissioner being Jack the Ripper all along. Just want to throw that there because TOS had these metaphorical, metaphorical, uh, not metaphorical, but these, um, you know. How long did it take you to figure that one out? Uh, just now, no. <laughs> Twenty-five years, man. guys figured it out <laughs> wolf in the fold <laughs> <laughs> wow oh, now i get blew it my mind yeah i still need to know what what a little girl's made of means well, we can talk about that in our next commentary brandon but yeah always fun doing commentaries with you this one uh not quite the absurd fest that uh cat's paw and um and, and the children were but uh, we got to finish our robert block trilogy so next time we'll be behind the microphone talking about uh what a little girl's made of but which in, is one of the best from season one i think i agree i agree man so mm -hmm. we'll, we'll have a, it'll be a very different flavor of commentary than you've heard from us before we'll try to bring in some facts and analysis and deep thoughts and things like that very it's very black mirror-esque huh from what i understand no you're a computer <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway brandon until then uh where can people find you man you can find me on twitter at brandon Matella. I'm here on the network with two shows. One is called The Edge, which is our Star Trek Discovery podcast, and one is called Warp 5, which is our Star Trek Enterprise podcast. Both are a lot of fun. I'd say check them out. Uh, if you like Alfred Hitchcock, if you like Robert Block, check me out on the Fandom Podcast Network uh, with a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. And we now have our own independent feed if you uh, just want the Alfred Hitchcock episodes. So you can subscribe in iTunes, we're on Spotify, the whole shebang. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm thankful that we're on and it's been a while since I've been on Standard Orbit and I'm happy to be here because I love me some TOS. That's right, man. Always a, a table at the briefing room uh, table, a, a chair at the briefing room table for you, Brandon. You just, so. <laughs> it better not be one of those other chairs because it's going to break. Like <laughs> we'll get a bigger that. chair. <laughs> okay, I need some special get... from Office Depot. Yeah, we'll, we'll get one of those blow-up uh, captain's chairs, Kirk style. You've seen those? 
those the blow up chairs. Uh, they totally they, they would totally be. I had I had a chair like that when I was uh, when I was in college. It was a um, a baseball glove blow up chair. Mm-hmm. I I didn't. I had like one party. Did not last. And I bought another <laughs> one and then like just only brought it out for very special occasions. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have like a pool chair floater like that. It's a captain's chair. If I ever have a house with a pool, which I don't know if I will because it's a lot of high maintenance. <laughs> but if I ever do, I'll get one of these pool floater captain Kirk chairs. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. So all right, man. Well, it's been fun. It's always a pleasure podcasting with you, Brandon. I look forward to our our next commentary down the road. Thank uh, you. But Wolf in the Fold isn't the only thing we're talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, The Ready Room. There's no one else in the scene. <laughs> and Marino was talking. It's like, we couldn't even get like five or six extras. They were siphoning all of our extras. Our extras money was going to DS9 to put more aliens on the promenade. Now... Yeah, all those extras were hanging out at Quarks. <laughs> That's right. Because they knew, they knew, don't go to a Hutch Hutchinson party. <laughs> Stage 9, a podcast about the people who make Star Trek. When I was a projectionist, I, I literally had a masking taped X on the bottom of my seat. And then when the seats were taken out and replaced with, you know, new and improved seats, I was like, can I get that seat right there so i do now have that seat in my living room right over there you live with a very patient woman mike warp five so i'm guessing that a lot of the interactions were probably about 50 percent fact and 50 percent dramatic license so okay hold on a second you tell me hollywood's not reliable you telling me i can't believe Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is is not real. Brandon. Really? That's where we go? Brandon, (laughs) we need to have a talk right now. Primitive Culture. A look at history and culture through Star Trek. So that idea of nostalgia is very much describing people in the same situation as the Voyager crew. You know, they're far away from home. They're wanting to get home. It's that kind of homesick longing. But maybe that's one reason that that we see this kind of transition from in the early seasons, this nostalgia for this kind of idealised Earth that may or may not really exist anymore, to in the later seasons, the nostalgia is for the journey itself. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trekfm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page, or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm or on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and of course in the Babel Conference. Type Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron on the network on Patreon. If you visit Patreon slash TrekFM, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash TrekFM, you'll find the current goals and different milestone contributions along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our great associate producers for Standard Orbit. Norman Lau, Tim Robertson, Nick Anastasio, Richard Marquez, and Corey Elrod. Yes, thank you guys so much for your support for both Standard Orbit and Trek FM. Uh, So Ken, if people want to find you out there on the internet... Where can they find you? Hey, you can find me hanging around the Babel Conference and engaging people when I when I have the opportunity. You can also find me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at Boston SCPO, and we uh, we like to tweet out all our new episode information as soon as we get it, as well as well as our colleagues. So look for me there. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M O O R E O N Z A C H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman series. 
from the early 2000s. And you can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. So thanks everyone for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit. Thank you.